Gelato, welcome <laughs> to our up, very dude? first podcast on Athletes Agenda. How excited are you doing here. today, sir? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. <laughs> We're excited to have you on our very first episode, Hunter. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, dude. I'm fired up. Let's uh, let's get after it. Yeah, yeah. How are you been recovering from practice this week? Good. I mean, I was a little sick this week. I think I've been sick ever since our first game. Cold weather is a little tough. <laughs> tough. Well, on probably because you don't wear fucking sweats during practice. Tough when on it's the lungs. Ten degrees out. Yeah, you're out there in short sleeves and shorts. Yeah, what's it's that more? About? It's more of just the walk after that's tough. When you're playing, I, I I say this to everyone: just how are you cold? You you're running around. It's not that I get cold. It's that I I, I fear of like pulling something. Once I lose the feeling in my fingers, I I I just can't play. Really? Well, yeah. You could wear gloves for that. I, I could wear gloves, but I don't have latex gloves. Malcolm has a whole box. Oh, well, in that case, I should probably go talk to him. But you just don't get cold? I mean, not when we play, no. I, I only when it's snowing. Oh, well. Superhuman, I guess. Well, yeah. So speaking of cold, which sport did you play first, lacrosse or hockey? Played hockey first. Uh, I think my family is a hockey family. It was introduced when I was really, really young. And uh, I started skating ever since then. Always been playing hockey. Did your dad play? Yeah, my dad, my uncle, uh, my grandpa, my cousins, everyone played. Yeah, see, my family never played hockey. Yeah, I don't think I was the first person to ever play. I almost did a travel team, I think, when I was in (laughs) sixth grade. But I had no idea what was going on and my parents were like we're not gonna pay for this money for hockey you're not so. gonna pay the, for this money definitely, definitely yeah yeah pay for this money's money. expensive yeah. nowadays it is did you start when you were what three or four years old playing hockey uh yeah i think even maybe before three i was pretty young wow damn that, right. and you started skating yeah like at like three you just push around the little cart I have funny. Actually, first time I played hockey, my dad turned away and I went out onto the ice and got halfway across the rink before I fell. <laughs> so you're just a natural athlete from the moment you. I mean, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, I did, I, did, I did fall, and it was more walking than actually skating. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So, like, starting off your athletics career, how obviously your family was a pretty big influence in what sports you played, but. Uh, what was their influence like off the field or off the ice? Like, how much do they mean to you? I know you're pretty close with your family. Yeah, but. I mean, my family's like, it's my core. It's like everything. It's a, who I call before I go to bed, or who I talk when I wake up in the morning. It's the first thing that's always on my mind. If it's on the ice, off the ice, I'm always thinking about my little brother, my parents, worrying about them. Yeah. Has anyone in your family ever coached you? Like, has your dad ever coached you in hockey? Or lacrosse? Never on the ice. Definitely not in lacrosse. He wasn't, I think everyone in my family is kind of new to lacrosse. But um, I would say he gives me tips when we get off the ice, like on the car ride back from games or practices. He'll give me little things that I can either work on or things I did well. But I think he did a good job kind of being hands-off when it came to hockey. It kind of was, he wanted coaches to be able to have their reign and have different people influencing me, never kind of want to be overbearing or definitely never got involved with, like, the politics of it, like talking to coaches or anything. He was definitely hands-off, let me do my thing, and he could step in whenever he wanted to, gave me little pointers or tips. 
that's about it yeah and you said your dad he did play ice hockey yeah yeah so he definitely knew what he was talking about yeah i mean he taught me how to skate he taught me uh all the basics and that's where i went from there so i guess he did kind of coach me so you said your whole family is pretty new to lacrosse so how did you get into it was it just where you grew up like that region or yeah i mean a lot of hockey players started playing lacrosse and they introduced the travel program when i was like in second grade and a bunch of guys were like, oh, this is fun. Like, we should try it out. But, um, yeah, I stuck with it. I really liked it. And my cousin, my cousins actually all play lacrosse. <clears throat> but we never, re- I don't, we didn't start at the same time. I never knew that they were actually really good until I got to high school. And then, yeah, they did their thing. Yeah, I remember, like, it was the same thing for me. Like, uh, it's a big New England thing for hockey players to play lacrosse. So yeah. I remember uh, talking to one of my buddies, and his dad um, was like, oh, you should come play lacrosse for us. Like, it's just something to do in the off season." And, uh, yeah, I think – I don't know about you, but I see so many similarities between these two sports. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Do you take a lot – do you take any of, like, your playing styles from hockey to lacrosse or vice versa? Yeah, no, I definitely – they definitely kind of intertwine. I think when you play lacrosse, especially the balls, actually spend more time on the ground than people think. It, getting a ground ball is just like going after a puck in the corner or something. You're gonna have to box out guys or get low to get win battles. And like I remember in hockey, you can do like just like definitely the mobility helps because you don't see a lot of really quick hockey players side to side, and then you see players who really excel are kind of those two guys who can play almost like a basketball player like lacrosse player who can weave in and out of traffic and be quick so I think stuff like that definitely transferred from lacrosse to hockey and then like I said like on the um on like the ground and ground balls and battling one-on-one that definitely helped playing hockey now I know for lacrosse like Hunter you're an attackman I'm a defender you're a midi I know almost nothing about hockey or positions in hockey whatsoever. Were you the equivalent of like a midi in lacrosse in hockey or not at all? Yeah. I mean, in hockey, there's just forwards and defensemen. So, like, I would, anyone who plays offensive, yeah. Right. And there's a goalie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I would say I was like a midi. Did you always want to be playing offense? Because I know for me, when I started playing lacrosse, I I started off as a goalie first, and then that was when I was short and chubby, and I got taller and skinny, and coach was like, you're going to play defense now. We're going to put a pole in your hands. But I've never played offense before in my life with a short stick. When you played forward in ice hockey, did that make you want to play offense and score all the time in lacrosse? Yeah, I mean, I definitely never played defense in like any sport I didn't really like being on the back the back side I don't know maybe it's just being being selfish but I don't know I always thought scoring goals was fun and like the freedom and uh creativity you can use as a offensive player in any sport it's pretty uh it's pretty great so creativity wise we saw we know that your mom went to RISD um and you spent a lot of time around there for like hockey tournaments and stuff yeah um Talk about that experience of growing up with someone with such a creative mindset and how that influenced you growing up both on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, she always gave, gave me the freedom to kind of like do whatever I want 
on a creative like field she never tried to turn me away from being an artist or like writing or doing any of that stuff and I remember always as kids we'd love to like paint and like sculpt and it was definitely fun to have a person like that in the house where you can just kind of be express yourself however you want and there's just no turning you away from anything so I think that really shaped who I am and it kind of made me think in a certain way to want to be at a school like Emerson where it's like a creative place and and um and yeah would you see that on almost like a daily basis every single day from your mom around the house or are there even things in your house like do you have furniture that your mom has that's like super creative or like is your house itself just oh my goodness super creative because i i've never been hunter have you been i've never been to oh yeah i've never been to your house so yeah my house uh well from the outside it's like it's almost like in the woods i remember when i was like as a kid i was like growing up um they asked me where your house is and everyone would say their street name and i would say in the woods (laughs) but once you walk in my house actually it's just every room's a different color really there's no tans there's no dullness the living room and the kitchen are bright green the the cabinets are yellow my brother's room is bright orange my my room is purple and blue um those are your favorite colors (laughs) uh they actually aren't oh uh i like red but i don't know (laughs) maybe maybe she tried to jump the gun and think it would be blue but maybe my whole life there's stars on my ceiling um yeah, the just a creative place. Huh. Yeah, well, I think it, it, it's interesting because like my mom is a musician, um, and she's she was the same way. Always trying to foster that creativity, never really like held us back when it came to drawing, especially my sister. Um, yeah, she never held us back when it came to that stuff, and especially musically. I don't I don't know if you ever played an instrument, but um, she always made sure we pursued a different medium other than sports because yeah. that layering of like different stuff you can do is just it helps so much more at like even like like going from like reading notes on a sheet of music and then to like trying to memorize like a play i think it helps so much like yeah. the intricacies of music oh uh, yeah just really help refine those skills in other avenues of life and it sounds really silly for me to say this when i say it out loud but even when you play an instrument, just like the hand-eye coordination yeah. too, which, I mean, I'm a drummer and I've played drum set since fifth grade and just being able to try and use all four of your limbs at the same time, trying to do different things. I was telling you about this yeah. literally a couple of days ago, but like jazz drumming, trying to use like all four of your limbs. And it's, it's silly, but I feel like in some senses that kind of can relate onto the field or the court or the rink or whatever with like, hand-eye coordination or just being coordinated in general because it's tough like doing an instrument and trying to do a bunch of things at once and my whole family plays instruments like I'm a drummer my sister plays guitar and sings my dad plays guitar and my mom used to play piano so it's yeah it's just I don't really know where I was going with that but (laughs) anyway it's definitely like I think it's good to give kids especially i definitely grateful my parents said this to me is to kind of show you that sports aren't your life like they don't as much as you want them to maybe like they'll never really define you and you might love them but like I think having things like like writing and like drawing and doing like fun little projects around the house really kind of 
took my mind completely off sports. Like, and I think having that time where it's like giving me a hobby outside of just playing a sport. Obviously, I, I mean, I wasn't in love with school growing up. I think few kids really are, but I was just like, when I got home, I, I would always want to be playing lacrosse or hockey, but to have something else to do on the uh, on the other aspect, the other side of life was really helpful in like shaping a person. Yeah, I think that time away from sports is so important. Like being able to just reset your mind and especially after like a bad game or like right. bad, like any practice, whatever it may be. Like if you're just someone who sports all the time, 24 seven, it's going to beat you up so bad mentally. And I think that's where a lot of kids end up burning out. And then they don't make it to that next level because they're just so sick of what they're doing. Yeah, and you've got to kind of find that hobby, whatever it is that will take your mind off of, like, that bad practice or that bad loss, whether it's, like, reading a book or, like, I know for me, I just, in the past four months, got into journaling for the first time in my life, which I never used to do before, or even just, you know, like, figuring out that taking a walk is what you need to do, like, just to get your head off of those horrible games or those hor- horrible practices, which we all definitely have every now and then in a season. So when you were picking high schools, what influenced you to go to prep? Uh, I think definitely like the hockey culture there is what introduced me to prep. Um, definitely wasn't the reason why I went, but growing up it's like you hear so much about the school and you go see the games and you sit in the stands and you see the – school like you see that hockey aspect you see the high level of hockey but then you see the hundreds of fans in the in the crowd like all wearing prep jerseys that's kind of what stood out to me right away and then you go and visit the place and see that same uh sense of like family and caring it just carries right back over into the school life and the way you treat each other and the brotherhood I think that was really special but um I think it definitely helped it was a place that help keep me focused and disciplined and there wasn't many distractions there but there was a definitely a well-rounded group of kids that I will be friends with my whole life and I really appreciate prep and like everything they've done for me it's an awesome place and I think that's something that my parents saw in it and kind of pushed me in the right direction when I was choosing high school. When when you were at prep how did you end up hearing about Emerson or was it always on your radar, or did it just come out out of the blue one day? Yeah, I mean, it really came out of the blue. My mom, we were looking, we were just starting to get into the the process of um, of choosing schools, and we were going over like, oh, would I like a campus in like the city, or maybe in like a little like suburban area or something like that, and just to check out what like campus would be like in the city. We came to Emerson. And coincidentally, it was like my mom knew since I'm like a creative person. And that's like the way we grew up. She's like, oh, it's a really creative school. Like no matter where, like what you're into, like you can kind of find find it there and like figure it out. And so I visited and I walked away being like, I, I really liked it. Like, like I really, really liked it. My dad and my whole family was like, oh, like really? Like, I don't know. I think it was kind of surprising that it was just like a trial. And then I ended up coming back emailing coach and like a few months later I was back on campus for like an overnight meeting the team and yeah well we we had the same overnight 
Yeah. With Malcolm. People forget. That was the first time I met Malcolm and Skylar. Was at the soccer field. Yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. All three of us were kind of just sitting there. See, I never got an overnight, so I missed out on that experience, which uh, I'm pretty bummed about. But Yeah, it was a fun night. We had fun. <laughs> uh, I remember watching the game with Malcolm. We were talking about helmets the entire time, trying to design ones for our high school That's teams. Right. I remember that. Yeah, and it was yeah. hot. Yeah. It was September, too. Why did you choose Emerson? Why did I choose Emerson? Shit. So my story's crazy. Short story is it was the only place I got recruited to play lacrosse, and I just wanted to play college lacrosse. Um, I was originally looking at all business schools within, like, a 100-mile radius from my house. So I was looking at Bentley, Babson, Bryant. Um, those, were my, those were my main choices. Um, and then I just got – uh, Coach Jennings saw me at – um one of like these showcases and he was the only person to email me and i was like i've never heard about this school um and i also didn't want to go to school in the city and then i toured i wouldn't even say coach really sold it to me (laughs) but (laughs) he uh he made it clear that you know like i would have a shot a shot at playing um as soon as i got there and that uh Mind you, they only saw me once, so for him to say that was pretty crazy. Um, but I remember looking at it uh, with my parents, and it was right after regu- or early decisions, so I had to make my cho- uh, my mind up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But I just remember make- looking at it with my parents, and um, my mom's like, yeah, "Like, I think that r- would really be a good fit. Like, you're in the city. You- there's a lot of opportunities within the city and working there, um, and." Uh, it turns out she actually applied or was going to apply here when she was in her college search. Um, so that right there tells you that, you know, it's a place for creative minds and uh, a place for people with that kind of creativity to foster and grow. Um, and yeah, but short story was I wanted to play lacrosse yeah. and <laughs> that's why I ended up here and I took the most business like course. Well, that's kind of similar to me because. I was originally looking at Berkeley College of Music and, you know, my sister went there and that was junior of high school and I never even heard of Emerson, didn't even know it existed. And my sister knew that if I could, I would still want to play lacrosse somehow in college, but Berkeley just doesn't have a team. And she was like, well, you know, Berkeley's part of that consortium with MassArt and Emerson, and if you're a Berkeley student, you could play on the lacrosse team at Emerson. And I was like, oh, sick. I definitely want to try and do that. So I remember junior year in the fall in high school, I'd end up reaching out to coach and being like, hey, I'm looking to go to Berkeley to study music business, but I still would love to play lacrosse in college if I had the chance. And then he ended up responding right away, and he ended up seeing me play later that spring I think or maybe later that summer he went to some of the showcases I was at and he was like yeah we want you stuff like that and I had no idea Emerson was even a school until maybe halfway through junior year of high school and I had no idea what I wanted to do and my parents were like just going as a communication studies student and then you'll figure it out because you could do anything with that but yeah I had 
absolutely no idea what the school was all about until I kind of started talking to coach more and started doing tours and stuff. And then obviously the overnight with you and Malcolm, but yeah. Yeah. When you first got on campus and uh, I was lucky enough to have class with you first semester we were here, but (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah, those were fucking weird classes, but uh, what class was it? It was one of our marketing classes. Um, What was your first impression of, uh, of the campus now that you were like on campus as a student, as an athlete, did it change the way you thought about it or was it the same? No, I mean, I think I I got it. I kind of knew what it was going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved uh, being right in the middle of Boston and right on the, the green and the commons, just a cool place. And I think like right when I got there, it was kind of like, Definitely, I had a little bit of trouble, like being away from home, being away from family and stuff. But um, yeah, I think it was kind of classes were interesting. I knew I was gonna have to take uh, like science classes first semester, second semester, math classes, those type of things, and then my major classes on top of that. And all of it was just interesting, and it was pretty fun. I think what I miss most about being a freshman is just being like, oh my god, like seeing everything new. It's like everything's kind of like a surprise like it's kind of it's nice being an old hat at it now I mean I guess not not really old but (laughs) like kind of just knowing what it everything's going to be like but it was fun being a freshman kind of showing up to first practice first captain's practices going to first class meeting new people I think that was really fun and kind of missed out being a freshman but speaking of oh well well I mean Speaking of being old, I mean, you basically are the oldest fucking kid on the team because really? you're a sophomore captain. Like, <laughs> That's what I, I was mean, just like, about to say. Yeah, yeah. You're, you basically have to be a senior in that role. Or do you feel that pressure of being that senior? Or? Not, I mean, we have a young team, so yeah, I think that helps right. a little bit. But I mean, I, I don't really – I mean, Coach has done such a good do- job kind of coaxing me through the process of, like, being a captain. He's – We've had a few times where we like sit down and talk, and he'll just be like, "Like, just keep doing you." I I don't think I need to act like a senior or act like a sophomore. I just kind of try to try my most to act like myself. I mean, I've always been like a younger guy. Like growing up, I always was the youngest in my grade and stuff. So I kind of got used to having the role of being like a younger guy, but still trying to be like assert yourself as like a leader and try to be a guy that like once like that can others can look up to or like or at the same time like look up to other guys like so I don't really think I mean a lot, a lot of people ask like oh you're like a sophomore but I don't think our team's based off like age or anything so I think whether it's Austin Franklin the the senior or Lucas Dante the freshman like different personalities but I don't see one as older or any more have any more power or anything I think our whole team is just kind of we're on the same plane and guys give and take I'm gonna assume that you were probably a captain on your high school team yeah yeah I was uh, captain of the lacrosse and hockey team my senior year so that I think being captain of the hockey team was the first time I was like like kind of got the handle of things like one of those leadership role yeah i mean there's definitely certain things you can't like do or say as a captain you don't really have the freedom of being like a freshman that can kind of like scooch around right because as a captain like 
guys on the team or guys on other team or coaches on other team or even like certain people in the media they'll they'll see that and they already expect you like you're kind of supposed to be like a like a model for the team you can't right did you have anyone you looked up to as a leader that you kind of try to take some of their um yeah ideas from mentalities from i mean growing up i think watching hockey this guy zach prise he's on the he's on the wild now he used to be on the devils yeah he was definitely like a guy i really liked watching and hearing from and i remember as a kid looking up like zach prise interviews like just trying to hear him talk it was just inspiring to me he's just a guy that does what he needs to do goes to work always hustling and then doesn't say much about himself is always talking about his teammates what the team's goals are that's definitely something i looked up to as a kid yeah i think i think a lot of times too like people are like oh athletes are so selfish they're all about themselves like they just want to like do their own thing but uh, like especially hockey i've always like like you just said like it's always we instead of i yeah um people have even made that distinction between like multiple sports but like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, and especially where we are right now, I think a lot of when we talk about each other, it's always together and it's never on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. Like we could easily be like, Skyler's had the most ground balls. Like he's our guy when it comes to that. Or like Jack, you're our lockdown guy. You're our best defender. But it's always, you know, we're looking at big picture stuff. And I think that's a big step we've taken this year um, as a team. Especially for our program where we're at. I mean, this right now is definitely the building phase. If not last year, definitely this year. And then by the time that we're juniors and seniors, I mean, that will definitely be, I think, the cream of the crop of Emerson lacrosse by that point for us. And, I mean, the goal is to always still keep on growing and keep on getting better every year. But I feel like especially now as sophomores and like you guys said, the bulk of the team are young guys. I mean, we only have, what, one senior? It's Austin Franklin, and we have five juniors, right? Something like that. And then we have all of us sophomores and then the six new freshman guys. So when you look at the team and guys that are going to be playing this year, it's going to be a lot of youngins out there just running around. (laughs) And, you know, like when I look down the road and in the future, like, it's kind of corny and kind of cheesy, but like the future's now when when you really look at it. Yeah, and I think what's special is I and well I hope I think as a senior I want to look back as like a senior and like hopefully reflect on like a lot of improvement. I think it would be hard not to improve. I mean, you see guys working really hard, but I think what's special is that I hope we always have that no matter how far we go as a program or if we stay at this level. I think we, I hope we always have no matter how the outcome or no, no matter how good the results are, I hope we always have that mentality of just being always kind of the underdog, like always just like, hey, we're going to fight to get better and better and better. And I remember saying to the team, I hope every year is the best Emerson team we've ever had. So every other, every year going further, we'll look back and say, hey, we're the best team Emerson's ever had. And I think that's what defines us as a program and, part of that's like being bought in and doing the little things but i think that's a totally. big thing coach colin beanie's really taught me um coming from high school like my high school coach was super hard on us and always expected our best and we always we had that saying be the best version of yourself and uh 
Coach Conby has really expanded upon that, I think, for me. Like, uh, I didn't play a ton throughout my high school career until really senior year. But um, being here, have, like, starting last year, um, being a young guy, never playing college cross before, like, it was scary. But Coach is always like, if you could just give the best version of yourself th- today and then just keep working harder and just be the best every day and be better than the next day or the last day, like, you're just going to be as successful as possible. And I think that's something that extends further than just the field. You know, you can apply that in the classroom. You can apply that, you know, at work or whatever. So, yeah, it's a good life lesson. It's just trying to be the best that you can be or the team can be. It's not, I don't think coach has has said or will ever say to us, oh, we're going to try to be the best team in the new Mac. I think it's going to be the best team we can be the best team if that's being the best team in the new mac or the best team in d3 or whatever i'd so be it but it's always just going to be the best that we can be like and that's really a life lesson coach has taught me do you yeah. have a philosophy that you try to carry throughout day to day or is it that or is it i don't know else? i mean i just think my parents have taught me growing up to my dad i mean they're both independent workers they work for themselves so i think it's just kind of that idea of just working hard and doing what you need to do and going at 100% every single day of just doing the little things like oh you missed workout in the morning because you got to do school work so if you have to go at 12 o'clock at night or you have to or 12 o'clock in the middle of the day or like 11 o'clock at night or like whatever like just get your work done do it to your best ability and then, like, you can go home and rest, but next day we're going to do it all over again. I think that's the kind of mentality that they've instilled in me, just to make sure you're getting work done and do it to your best of ability. But give yourself that time if you need it to draw or paint or write or whatever it is. But just definitely kind of getting your work done and doing it to the best ability is my philosophy. Do you have any weird pregame routines or anything like that? Because... I mean, like, I, I only really know what I do for myself. I've never honestly asked anyone else on the team, like, what you specifically do. And, like, I know for me, like, I know you guys see me in the locker room. Like, I just can't talk to anyone. I got to, like, get into that zone with the headphones on. I kind of do, like, the thousand-yard stare kind of, like, at the floor, at the locker or anything. And I'm not really, like, one of those, like, rowdy kind of, like, yeah. hype guys before a game, you know. Like Bailey um, foaming at the mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, like, Bailey foaming at the mouth. But, like, do you do, like, any little weird quirks or anything that? Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I started doing it my first our first scrimmage. But the night before, I'll like to bring home all the stuff I'm going to wear the game or wear in the game, whether it's just, like, khakis and socks or whatever whatever I'm wearing to the game I go and wash it in the number seven washer in the in the uh the, the washing room B-row, yeah. yeah it always has to be a number seven one or else if it's not there I'll wait um wow and then dry it directly across in the 14 dryer which is the one right above and then take it all my stuff back fold it uh have it ready for the next day I always try to get to bed early but that almost never happens. Yeah, okay. yeah that almost. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you get to bed no, before no. like one in the morning. Yeah, but before games, I, I I try to, but I still can't. I think it's just I have a bad sleep schedule. There's something I need to work on.
Yeah. That's then when true. it gets to the field, I just like to, I'll go put all my stuff down, stretch and do that whole normal thing. And, um, yeah, that's about it for pregame rituals. Uh, I don't let anyone touch my stick or anything. Hunter knows yeah, that. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. We know. But, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Any song. I always have to listen to Bulls on Parade and Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine all the time for every single game. I can't not listen to those. Is there, like, any kind of song? I was talking to Malcolm about this, and he was like, my taste in music is so weird. And he was telling me that before games, he'll listen to, like, the weirdest version of, like, Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, he's also like a before a game. Yeah. What? That's a goalie thing. Yeah. Uh, I actually wasn't going to say it, but since you asked specifically, it's kind of embarrassing. But I've been listening to, ever since I started playing travel real hockey, I the first song I'll listen to when I start getting ready or whatever is Written in the Stars. Uh, okay, I played that for Coach Jennings the other day. Yeah. And he was like, what did yeah, he say? Like, his reaction to it, he was like, turn this shit off. Cause he was like, he was like, I hear, I heard this on the radio every fucking day yeah. <laughs> from like yep. 2011 to 2013. Well. He's like, I'm sick of it. And I yeah. was like, dude, this is a good song. It's Cause not, we were playing not, all the fucking throwbacks. It's yeah. not even like a great song. It's just like, I think about listening to it as like in the car, going to the games with my dad as like a kid and like seeing like my childhood friends. I, I kind of think about that. And I always remember going down like. The merit, getting off the exit, and like the merit, yeah, and living, listening to that song. I think it's just like it's nice to think back. I mean, like those are some, definitely some great memories. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons you found yourself trying to like continue, or is that one of the reasons you wanted to continue like grinding every day? Like I, like I think about that a lot. Like a lot of people, like okay, yeah, like they're like, oh, they, okay, yeah, you have practice every day, you lift every day, but, like, I don't think they understand, like, how much of a fucking grind it is. Like, it's literally, like, the biggest yeah. fucking toll on our bodies and yeah. our minds. Like, I by the end of the day, I'm fucking mentally Drained. gone. Like, Drained. I can't do anything. It definitely is, like, I don't know, it's something that's, like, I can't imagine my life without. It's, like, when I was choosing, like, to go to college, like, definitely there was, like, some people talking like, oh, do you, you sure you want to continue playing a sport? Because, like, as fun it is, it is, and it's, like, as much as we love it, it definitely does take a toll on you. And it's definitely, like, something that will take up most of your time. And I've definitely heard in college, or going into college, like, playing in my summer teams, a lot of guys come back being, like, it, it's a job. Like, as much as you love it, as much as you, like, love the grind, like, I, anyone will be lying if they tell you. If they every day they wake up and they're like, oh, I'm excited to go to the gym or like, or I'm excited to go run and sprints after practice or stay after practice. Or it's like, I'm excited to go play in the freezing cold. It's like, or get hit or like beat up by defenders. It's definitely not something that like you can honestly say is like always easy or like always fun because it's like easy, but it's like the reward and the, the payoff makes it like, so much more worth it and like you see even little games like when we win or like whenever when you get a goal or when you like your team comes together or someone else gets a goal or like those like little things like it really pays off and I, I think it's you see you someone will get a goal in a game or like or you'll get a goal or something defenseman will get a takeaway check and 
it becomes like expected but it's nice to reflect on it every once in a while to think how much work that that little play right there kind of took to get in a game it's like when you like detwig a guy like right oh great everyone gets excited and whatever but that's not like that didn't just happen that's because you've been in the weight room for like years or playing defense for like years or whatever like no guy just like can step up and do that i think that really is when it pays off so so far in your career um i'm curious what what you think is your biggest failure because Mm. i think you learn the most from your failures so i'm just kind of curious where you're at that that's tough. I mean, on paper, there's definitely been a few, like, a lot of, I don't want to say a few, not, there's definitely <laughs> been a lot of mistakes, like, but I think true failures, luckily enough, knock on wood, there hasn't been any true, like, real failures. There's been a lot of mistakes, whereas, like, can just go from, oh, I didn't work hard enough, or I kind of messed up on a play or whatever, those are just mistakes. I think failures thinking back a big failure would probably be my time management growing up all the way since like a kid like even middle school I've always had trouble being like all right time to do homework I always kind of was like I could play lacrosse outside for from like the minute I get back from school until it's dark and have to have my dad turn his car headlights on so I can shoot pucks or go shoot lacrosse and like pretend to pretend you're in like a game or whatever but I definitely had trouble kind of switching that work around and putting it into like school or like other like little hobbies I definitely wish I spent like more time like writing and creating a portfolio growing up but um yeah I think definitely time management has been a fit closest to I have to like a true failure and I I think like that that's something I would have said like that's an answer I would have given like I've always sucked with time management that was my biggest uh let down of my high school career like yeah that was the reason i did dog shit my junior year like i was so focused on sports and shit and uh like luckily my mom like you said like creating a portfolio like she kept all my stuff from yeah like i have i have all my notebook it's like weird to say but like now that i'm thinking about it like i have all my notebooks from all four years of high school for every class like that's kind of nuts to me but I could see why she did it now, but, um, yeah, it's just like one of those things. Like I I think failure is so much more like for most people, a big failure isn't like a physical event, like losing a championship. It's something like a mentality or something consistent. Yeah. It's, it's one of those like underlying reasons as to why things don't go right. You know, I think for me, I think, and I've always been like self-conscious about like my size, all the time because like i'm tall you know i'm almost six foot not like over six foot but like i'm decently tall but i remember you know it wasn't until freshman year of high school that i kind of started of being like self-conscious of how much of a fucking twig i am <laughs> and just how skinny i am because yeah. i remember i've i've played football since kindergarten i stopped playing after freshman year of high school and I was always an offensive lineman, and I was always a defensive end, which when you look at me, you yeah. wouldn't picture, you know, a 5'10 kid, 145 pounds playing right guard as a freshman in high school. And I remember, you know, 
freshman year of high school was like the first time in football that I didn't start. It was the first time I never was a starting guard or a starting defensive end. And I remember how like pissed off that made me. And it wasn't until halfway through the season where our first string defensive end actually transferred to another high school across town. And coach was like, oh, we have to put Jack in. Like, he's the only other guy that we have. And I remember just, like, the uh, like the doubt that he had and, like, my ability just because of my size that I just remember, like, how pissed off that made me feel. And then that happened again sophomore year of high school. Our head coach on our lacrosse, and we were doing one-on-ones for Max, and I got completely exposed. Like, the kid broke my ankles, then I recovered, beat him back topside, and then he just bulldozed me, like, right into the goalie, and I fell completely on my ass, like, so embarrassing. I remember I got up, and sophomore year was kind of when I started the whole recruiting process for college to to play lacrosse in college, and the coach knew that, and I remember after I got completely bodied by this guy on the team, I remember a coach looked at me, and he was like, with your size, you're never going to play college ball. And now look at you. Anywhere. Now look at you. Yeah, now look at me, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, even now sometimes I'm always, like, I think in my head I try to quantify something that happens on the field yeah. with the size of my body. And I've gotten a lot better at it with the mentality of being, like, who cares how big you are. Like, right. just go out and fucking play. But, um yeah, that's definitely been something like I've struggled with. And I think as a mindset, I would consider that a failure for myself and just trying to get over like this mental hurdle of like, yeah, you're not like the most buffest defender on the field and you can't bench press the most in the weight room compared to a lot of other guys. But it's just like you got to I got to figure out myself how to right. completely get around that. Yeah. So once the once the grind's over for you after college, what do you plan on? Do you, can you make that mental switch into the business world, or do you just see yourself trying to stick with sports in some manner, or combining the two still? Being a coach, or yeah, no, I think I will always it will always be a part of me, my life, one way or another. Hockey, I stopped playing hockey now two years ago, but it's definitely I still I'm still a hockey player. I still think I still have that mindset. I still every time I in my driveway and I see the, my stick, my old street hockey stick against the wall, like I'm picking it up and going and play for at least like 20 minutes. Like I think it'll always be a part of like who I am and what I love to do. So if that's as a coach or like as a player doing men's league, like, like whatever it is, I think I'll, I'll always try to be a part of it. I think I would love to be a coach. I think that's like a goal of mine to if not coach a, like a, high level team to coach at least like a, a youth program even as a volunteer or just in one way shape or form just be a prevalent in the lacrosse community one way or another just like I don't know and then I think switching to a business mindset I don't know if uh, I'll always have like in my house some way I can like write or read or draw or whatever so I think I always have that kind of like switching mindset of just like all right now the time to power off the business or like the marketing or whatever perspective and be a athlete or be a 
artist or whatever it is. I think that's something I'm going to try to not become too focused on one aspect of my life. Do you think when you get married one day and you have kids one day, when are, I you get gonna, married. are you going to be the parent who's going to not force their kid to play hockey or lacrosse, but you're low-key going to uh, make your kid want to play hockey or lacrosse? I definitely want to introduce him or her into some type of sport. Um, if I'm lucky enough to find anyone who'll settle down with me <laughs> for long enough. But... um. Yeah, no, I definitely want to try to have sports be a part of my kids' life, If, but that only if they want it to be. I know there's some kids who just aren't sports, but I think right. it's important as a parent to, like, when they're young, kind of introduce them to multiple facets of life. And hopefully I, I'm financially stable enough to let them <laughs> hopefully. be a yeah, hockey. Right after, Not to after yeah. That will be an after. Yeah. Where you're all yeah. I don't know. Hockey and lacrosse are expensive, but yeah, right. so, they're um, pick mm-hmm. the two most expensive sports in the world. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm definitely not gonna. I probably, in all honesty, I'll probably subconsciously kind of push them towards being a hockey or lacrosse player if they do want to play sports. But um, yeah, I hope hopefully not too hard. I have nothing else for you. Yeah, that was pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you Thanks for being for our first guest. No, thank you for having me as your first guest. Yeah. <laughs> it's an honor. Right. Athlete's agenda. Sweet, man. Heck yeah. <laughs>